This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, as always, and making this a part of your morning routine. Um, I hope you've had a good start to your week. We're halfway through. We're nearly, I say nearly at the weekend. I always feel like Wednesday helps us close in. Uh, once you've kind of got through today, you know, you've got a couple of, you got Thursday and then it's Friday, which is basically a weekend day because your whole mindset is in the view of the football at the weekend, of course. Um, and we'll be bringing you plenty of content leading up to the game against Brentford, including a preview. i uh, got a couple of other shows to talk about as well. And of course, then it's the big one after that against Manchester City. But good morning to you guys in the chats. Uh, Abukan, good morning to you, to Blackshine, to Paul, to Tony. Uh, good morning to Stevie and Jose and Matt G, Rich, uh, Wilson, Dom Seif. Uh, we've got Robin. Uh, we've got Peeny Ween, Carl, uh, Marcus, Damien. Uh, Guna Jake, Mike in Perth, uh, and plenty more familiar faces and some unfamiliar faces, which is always great to see as well. Uh, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. It takes just a second to really help out the channel. Uh, and without further ado, let me tell you about yesterday's show. If you've not yet given that a watch, I would highly recommend you give it the time of day. Uh, I was joined by Andrew, aka Ask Blog, Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast, and former Arsenal striker Kevin Campbell to talk about uh, the title race, the transfer review of the deadline day, uh, dealings, and more. Plus, of course, all of the reaction to Manchester City's recent allegations that are there facing. And uh, yeah, we talked about it a lot. We talked about how and which we're going to try and react to the defeat against Everton. And if you're not yet uh, in tune with that show, uh, then please make sure that you have a look uh, at that one. Certainly worth your time. Anyway, moving forwards, uh, first bit of news to discuss today, the fan club's artwork has now been uh, put up at the Emirates Stadium. Of course, this is the piece that features all the different logos, banners of not just different fan clubs by location, 
Um, but we've got the likes of Gay Gunas on there and uh, and plenty more groups who support and follow the Arsenal all around the world through all different types of uh, nationality, faith, sexuality. It's a brilliant piece of artwork, certainly worth uh, having a look at if you haven't gone through kind of it in detail, certainly worth looking out for the little Easter eggs and seeing if your own uh, Arsenal Supporters Club, where you're based, uh, is is on there as well. But that is up at the Emirates, and I believe we're now just, I think, one away uh, from completing the full set. There was one that was still under construction before they announced them all. That's the one with the fans uh, on the front of it. Lots of fans, I think, that have been going for years and years and years um, that have been kind of collaged together. So that's the one we're waiting on. And hopefully that'll be up at the Emirates at some time in the near future. Uh, now, Arsenal's under-21s were unfortunately absolutely destroyed um, by PSV. Uh, Mehmet Ali's side, of course, went into the game after such a high of seeing the under-18s managed to get their results uh, in the FA Youth Club. But uh, in the... Unfortunately, in the uh, in the Premier League International Cup, uh, we've been absolutely ruined. It's fair to say we've been absolutely destroyed in this competition. PSV going. Um, I'm not sure if this was the the group stage or, or a knockout run. I imagine, but being the new year, um, it's in a position where we've probably been eliminated by this. I need to double check that. But the team uh, was Carl Hein in goal, Nichols or Jeffcott, Ismail, uh, Matt Smith, Bandera, Catalan, Kurjan, Joel Idaho. Uh, Lewis and Sago Jr. with the likes of Camera, who would played the game uh, against Watford on the bench. We also had Kakuri on there as well. Ben Cottrell, who also played against Watford. And Ulad Mhant was, was also there as well. But they got absolutely uh, destroyed. Um, really, really did. We haven't got a good record against PSV, clearly. Whether it's the senior team or the youth team, we've been, as Juan says there, humbled uh, by PSV. Uh, they're an impressive youth outfit, that's for sure. Now, we've all been talking about Manchester City, but it's Manchester United that could start taking plenty more of the focus in the coming days as they are expected to be the subject of a significant bid from a Qatari consortium that are looking to potentially take over uh, the Reds from uh, the Glazers, who have, of course, put up the club uh, for sale. And we're in a position now whereby... We know that this is going to become a regular thing. We've seen Newcastle takeover. We're now looking at Manchester United potentially being taken over. Chelsea, of course, have had a big takeover themselves. And Man City continue to be financially very well backed, although their future remains uncertain. Liverpool are also said to be up for sale as well. Arsenal are the only real club in the big six bar Spurs, who there's even been suggestions that they could be sold that aren't up for sale. Arsenal have one of the richest backers, as we know. They haven't necessarily invested as much as what we've seen the likes of Newcastle, Chelsea, Manchester City, and potentially now Manchester United see invested in them. Um, but it's about the way the club is run that I think is important. You know, buying everybody, buying all the best players, planning and smart movements in the market is what's got Arsenal to where they are. We've not had to rely on you know, silly amounts like Todd Bowley. Yes, we've invested a significant amount over recent seasons, but we remain a club that has got a squad that's been constructed well below how much Man City's, Manchester United's, and I potentially think even Liverpool's as well. So it's about how you run your club, how you make the decisions. And just because you've got billions behind you doesn't necessarily mean it's going to guarantee you success. We know that Man United have spent silly amounts of money over the last decade since Sir Alex Ferguson left. And they've not managed to win themselves a title. So this is going to be a big threat. It is going to be a big, big talking point, especially potentially as more uh, investment funds from around the world invest in Premier League teams. 
But it's something that Arsenal will have to face and have faced this season already with Chelsea and City spending huge amounts of money throughout the last few years. And yet they remain top of the table. Uh, moving forwards, and Arsenal's game against Everton has been rescheduled. This game is set to take place now on the 1st of March. It sandwiches games away to Leicester before we then play Everton and then face Bournemouth at home. Uh, this produces uh, kind of a situation where now Arsenal are going to be playing a fair number of games uh, between weeks. We've got Man City after the Brentford game midweek. We then play Villa. We have a week off and then we play uh, Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. Uh, and then, as I say, we've got that game against Everton that's now been rescheduled on the Wednesday, followed by Bournemouth on the Saturday. Then the Europa League round of 16 gets underway. We play that on Thursday, March 9th. And then we're away at Fulham at Craven Cottage on Sunday, the 12th of March. And then, of course, the next leg of the Europa League gets underway just a few days later on the 16th of March. We then play Crystal Palace at home on the 19th. Uh, we then have a bit of a break because it's the international break after that um, and get back to things. But the next few weeks are going to be hectic. We've got four midweek games in the space of five weeks coming up. So it's going to get crazy. We're going to need to rotate. Arteta is going to need to plan and strategize to be ready to take on all of these different challenges and still give us the absolute best chance of winning all of those games. How the Europa League will affect us, we'll have to wait and see. But of course, next week is also going to be interesting because we've got uh, either next week or the week after next, we've got the Manchester United-Barcelona game in the round of 32 Europa League fixtures. We'll also have the Europa League draw coming up in a couple of weeks' time where we'll find out who indeed we will be playing in the Europa League. You can be sure that we'll be giving you updates on all of that and thoughts around our opponents when indeed that does come around. And our headline story of the day today is that Rons, the team that have signed uh, Fuller and Balogun on loan for this season where he is doing exceptionally well, uh, he has had an inquiry or Arsenal have had an inquiry made to them about following Balogun, about potentially signing him on a permanent deal. Arsenal rejected this, according to Mark Irwin, and have decided to make a decision on the player in the summer. There is plenty of interest from teams around Europe. We've seen both Milan clubs uh, register their interest in following Balogun. But of course, Arsenal still certainly would be in a position to keep the player and convince him that Arsenal is the right place to be. But with Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus both ahead of him, it does make things quite tricky to work out how and where he fits in. Um, if we are going to sell him, you can be certain that the likes of Rons, I'm not sure they would be able to afford what Arsenal would be looking for on a permanent deal. Now, uh, speaking of following Balogun, we will, of course, tonight, uh, as I know has been much anticipated, we'll be doing our loan watch. Uh, so you'll be having updates on how following Balogun has been getting on, on Nuno Tavares, Nicola Pepe, Charlie Patino, Sambi Laconga, uh, and Austin Trusty. We've got uh, expertise on Laconga. We've got, also got new expertise of Coventry City's Brooke Norton Cuffey. Of course, he spent the first half of the season on loan at Rotherham. We've got a new expert to give you updates on Brooke Norton Cuffey, as we do as well, Laconga at Crystal Palace, uh, and plenty more as well as we go through all the other players that have spent time on loan over the course of the last two months, because we haven't done one for a couple of months because we haven't done it since before the World Cup. It's been a long time since we've done one of these, but uh, you'll be getting this at 6pm UK time tonight. So do make sure you tune in, set your alarms and ready to get all updated about Arsenal's low knees. Okay, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's go to part two. Um, Aaron says, uh, hey, Tom, I'm going to the Emirates on Saturday for the first time in five years. Any recommendations for places to go on match day? Um, yes, uh, I do, to be fair. Uh, I, you know, What I typically end up doing is going to either the 12 pins or more recently I've been going to the Tollington. Used to be the 12 pins. If you do go to the 12 pins, there is something that we like to call the Talk Pilgrimage. Now, this is a, a special journey. You have a pint or however many you like in the 12 pins. And then just round the corner from the 12 pins is a place called Roosters. Now, those that have been long-time listeners of the channel will know my good friend Ola, who's been on with me. Me and, uh, and Ola do love our chicken wraps. And they do the best chicken wraps that you will ever, ever have in Roosters. So I cannot recommend it highly enough. Make sure you check it out. But there's plenty more places around the stadium. Uh, around the area as well that you should go and have a look to. Um, and I'm sure you can get more recommendations from uh, from others as well. It's one of the, the the curses, I suppose, of working the Arsenal games. Obviously, I'm not I'm not ever able to kind of um, immerse myself as much in the fan experience as much as I used to be able to. Uh, I arrive at the stadium a couple of hours before I usually would. Um, and of course, I'm working. So there's no pints flowing, uh, only maybe after the games. And that's so far not happened because... Usually I'm working too late to in, enjoy myself. But uh, yes, there's plenty of things to get involved in. Make sure that you do and uh, and reach out to others for more recommendations as well. If I think of any during the show as well that come to my mind, I will say further ones. Uh, Jamie says, which eight would you rather sign in the summer? Tillemans on a free, Sergei milinkovic Savage for 50 million, Kaiseida for 80 million or Bellingham for 120 million? Jude Bellingham. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, it'd be Jude Bellingham. If we're going to be winning the title this season, fingers crossed we are, or at least... We're going to be considered established title challengers. Drew Bellingham is the player that we've got to add to this team. Absolutely. I don't think it will happen, but if you can, go and do it. Um, Josh R says, Tom, selling Balogun would be short-sighted. In my honest opinion, we need an extra striker to cover the injury and loss of form. Any striker that we would try to sign would be quoted at around 100 million euros. Uh, two years, remember. Yes, uh, Balogun does have those two years remaining on his contract. Whether or not, uh, whether or not we're able to kind of garner that level of money for our own player remains to be seen. But you know the way in which this moves forward with Arsenal is we're very rarely able to command those massive, massive figures for players. I think our record sale is still 
Alex Awobi, I'm pretty sure at 38 odd million quid. We need to try and improve on that as best we can. Uh, Paul says uh, new season tickets are four to six percent more expensive, but you get fewer games. Given the problems with touting, are the club ripping off season ticket holders and shafting individual ticket buyers? Now, this is a frustration for supporters with them being more expensive. What I would say is that this is kind of unfortunately you're not going to like this but it's kind of how i understand why they're doing it in a sense because you know the demand for tickets is that much more and because arsenal are doing so well they are capitalizing on the fact that more people want to go so they're gaining themselves more revenue that is business and i hate that we talk about football as a business but it is um so whilst i understand why they are increasing the price of tickets and you also have to remember that you know there is this inflation stuff going on. That said, I'm not sure it really should affect a football club with the billions of pounds that they have. Um, the fewer games thing is a little bit of a, a frustration. I probably am not well-versed enough in knowing the reasons behind really why they're doing it. I know Darren Arsenal on Twitter has done a good thread on it. If you want to find out more about this, you can go to that um, that thread. It will show you up on, on his Twitter feed. But uh, yeah, they're trying to curb the ticket touting. They're trying to curb the bots that are uh, kind of stealing up all the tickets, then reselling them for massive, massive figures. Apparently, I saw something around. They've managed to block 100,000 bot accounts um, over the last couple of weeks or so, which is obviously good news. But ticket increases are never a good thing um, to, to start talking about but i kind of get why they've done it so so there you go uh samia says why did ben stop using his left foot so often tommy's been doing that and tommy was much more effective against united and city than ben has been in a few months maybe tommy should start in the next game um ben has been off it a little bit you know he, he came back from the world cup fine putting some really good performances in the last few matches it's kind of dipped for him and that's what competition is there for. If we feel Tommy Asu can give us more, then I'm sure Mikel Arteta would start Tommy Asu in the next game over Ben White if he felt that it was the right decision. It's difficult to know whether or not that will happen or not. Of course, Tommy Asu did play against Manchester City in the uh, in the FA Cup game. Um, hold on, did he? I'm pretty sure that he did. Yes, I'm sure he did. Um, but uh, yeah, because he had that mad shot, of course, that stung the gloves of Ortega. But... I'm not sure whether or not we'll see a change. Arteta does tend to kind of pick his his strongest team possible in every single fixture, especially in the Premier League. So I'd be surprised to see Tommy come in, but maybe I'm wrong. I was surprised to see him coming against Liverpool. That did surprise me. So there you go. Uh, Kuhn says, uh, should Arteta consider dropping Ben White to the bench for this game? He's been a bit off. Maybe even Martinelli. I would probably drop Martinelli for, for Trossard, give Trossard a chance to start this fixture and Martinelli come back in for the game against Man City. It's about rotation, keeping players fresh, giving them opportunities. Um, but maybe, yeah, Tommy Asu and, and Trossard coming in wouldn't necessarily drop the, the quality at all when it shows you the rotation that we've got available to us now. Um <laughs> Nav says Roosters Perry Perry does bang, but Nando's is always better. I'm sorry, mate, and I am a big fan of Nando's, but Roosters is just by far the better option in London if you've not been there. Especially their their lamb wraps as well are unreal. You can't really get lamb wraps in um, in Nando's, but yeah, unbelievably good, unbelievably good. Uh, Aditya says, uh, what should be our focus for the Brentford game apart from obviously winning? Uh, individually and manager goals. I'd like to see some more proactive changes should we need them from the manager, not just necessarily like-for-like changes. I like seeing more tactical shifts in the team. 
Um, and I thought that against Everton, we made these like-for-like like switches. And I know that the players are different in terms of their profiles, but we need to be a little bit, in my view anyway, more proactive in making the changes that are going to have a real impact on changing the shape and the the swing and the tide of the game. So, yeah, I'd like to see more proactive substitutions from Arteta. Um, Mohamed Basha says, Hi, Tom. Do you agree that it's we see a more of an attacking left eight, Xhaka, along with Saka and Big Gabby, are very high on our top played minutes uh, in terms of the players that have played this season. We need this offensive addition. Um, the attacking left bay is obviously going to be a, an area of focus in the market for Arsenal with Xhaka's age profile continuing to get away from his peak years. I don't necessarily see the player coming in in the summer and usurping right, uh, usurping Xhaka. If we sign someone like Rice, it might be that they start to rotate with Partey or even with Xhaka. A lot of people feel that Rice could happily play that left eight position as well with the way in which Xhaka has been deployed in that role. But when you watched us play against Everton, Xhaka's position is so far up the pitch at times. like He's almost in line with the striker in certain opportunities. He's getting so far further up to influence play. It's worked a lot of the season. It didn't necessarily work against Everton as they combated it really well. But we have been able to, I think, utilise that left eight role to perfection for the most of the part this season as well. And Arteta has really been able to get the most out of that role. Um, <laughs> Noel says, Kroenke out will soon not be able to compete if Liverpool and United get 300 billion plus owners. Again, we've got to rely, Noel, on FFP being there to restrict the spending of clubs that have these multi, multi, multi billion uh, pound owners. And we've got to rely on that, making it a fairer playing field. Now, it's unfortunately not really been able to do that. Maybe we see with this kind of uh, the change that's happened at Man City and the, the thing that's going on all around Man City, that that will change. And who knows what will happen with Chelsea and any kind of response to the spending that they've injected into the club in this past year. They've managed to overhaul a squad in the space of a year. So, yeah, uh, it's it's very difficult to know. Uh, Charlie says, you only like Roosters so much because you're a bit drunk whenever you have it. Try it sober. And that's, again, not true because typically if I'm going to like a three o'clock game, I'll arrive, go to Roosters before I go to the pub. So actually, no, um, I, I appreciate Roosters whether or not I've had a drink. Yes, it might taste a bit better after the game. Um, but it still tastes bloody good uh, before it as well, before I've even managed to get myself to the pub. Uh, Ian says, do you think with all these clubs uh, up for sale that it makes winning the league this season more important as it could, it could be our best chance for some time to come? I hope that's not the case, Ian. I absolutely think it's fair for you to ask that question. I think there is certainly a reason to ask it and certainly a theory behind it that makes it fit. But I hope that it's not. I hope that you can win the league and build on that success moving forwards. I hope that we don't do a Liverpool win the league and then trail off. You know, I want us to build a established position at the top of the league. And that will come by winning it and then investing, recruiting, smart decision making. All of these things need to be combined so that we can have the most effective kind of re, um, consolidation uh, of that title win. That's what we need to be looking to try and do. Uh, Ray Beam says, TC, any chance we'll go for a plan B striker next window, especially since Jesus, Eddie and Flo are not in this style? Also, where does that leave Balogun in the squad? I think it would have to take one of those three to leave for us to go in for that plan B style striker. I don't necessarily think that that's the way forward for us. I think that maybe if you've got an opportunity to sign a wide player that can give you some height and power, you know, like Cody Gakpo has at Manchester uh, at uh, Liverpool, sorry, um, that might be the way forwards. But 
I think Man United only signed Val Veghorst because they didn't really have an opportunity to sign anyone else and they needed to bring in a striker. Um, Chelsea, of course, have got a couple of physical forwards like Havertz is pretty physical. Breuer, who's injured at the moment, is also pretty physical. So there is there is certainly options at some of the teams, but I I kind of think that the way in which we play, it doesn't suit having that plan B style forwards in the box. It's just not the way that we operate or try and focus our attacking effects towards. It just doesn't really work. Um, Jacob says, uh, Daesh again, and thank you for the uh, donation, mate. Daesh again in less than a month. Cheers, that'll keep me up at night. (laughs) Well, hopefully it's a reason for us to then get revenge, Jacob, and it gives us an immediate response. Uh, We'll be fired up. We would not have forgotten what happened at Goodison Park. And hopefully we can get our revenge in that game at the Emirates. Um, Lewis says, hey, Tom, would love if you did some analysis on Martinelli's best games and who was playing left back for each of them. I feel as though when Zinchenko plays, he isn't at his best as his support is less so than Tierney's. Uh, It's interesting because Tierney has actually been all... Tierney and Martinelli has been a combination that people have actually criticised in the past. And actually, Smith-Rowe and Tierney is the best combination on the left-hand side in terms of the collaborativeness, that's a word, um, of the two players. Zinchenko supports the midfield. It's the system that doesn't necessarily support uh, the wingers because we've got two wingers that are pretty isolated and we rely on their ability to beat players and get the ball into the box and be direct to be our strengths. Whereas if you play with a Tierney or previously with a Hector Bellerin-style fullback, you had the overlapping that enabled us to kind of give overloads in those wide areas. We don't play that style anywhere near as much. Instead, we work on like into uh, really kind of uh, incisive build-up play in and around the box, uh, trying to hit teams on the break or get those incisive passes going through the middle or playing the little one-twos around the 18 yards until we find the space and the opening to play a killer ball. We don't typically use the wide areas to overlap and create cutbacks. And when we do, we aren't the best in taking them. You think about the chance that Erdegaard had against Everton, you know, blazed over the bar. The only time you see those kind of driven low balls across now is sometimes when they go to Partey on the edge of the box from kind of a shot in that position. But now it's it's more a case of getting the, the ball to Martinelli or Saka and then them driving into the box, cutting inside, getting a shot, getting a deflection. There's a lot of kind of deflection tactics that go on in the world of Arsenal right now where we try and play in a shot or a driven cross and trying to get those little... Uh, nicks away from players so that it drops at the feet of one of our others. We're we're relying on a little bit of fortune with some of our attacks, which has been really effective, or we're relying on the really accurate passing of Odegaard's or sometimes Xhaka to find players in behind in the box so Saka and Martinelli or Nketiah can get on the end of those chances. Uh, Let's go to... um, um, Despor, who says, do you think the Premier League will lose backing from international fans uh, if uh, the Man City situation is not dealt with properly? Uh, No, I don't think so. If you listen to our show yesterday with Clive, he pointed out a very, very key um, kind of point in the fact that um, there's kind of this cloud over Man City, but that we've kind of ignored uh, most of the situation because we're happy to watch really good football and we ignore it and we enjoy the competition and we ignore the fact that uh, that we see lots of kind of dodgy stuff, mate. Well, dodgy, we don't even know it's dodgy, all this alleged stuff that's going on. We kind of just turn our noses up at it sometimes because we're just enjoying stuff. You know, we Arsenal have got their own issues. We're all well documented in what they are. 
Um, and we're focused very much on on the football. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff with the Rwanda side of things that's been discussed um, that isn't particularly great. Yet we don't really talk about it because we're so focused on the football. So, no, I don't think so, Despore. I don't think it will turn off international fans. I don't think it will turn off any fans uh, at all, whether they deal with it well or they do deal with it um, not well. I don't think it's going to have any kind of impact on things whatsoever. Uh, let's go to Ben, who says, uh, Tom, if opposing teams keep doubling our wingers, would you like to see Trossard play in Xhaka's role? It's something that people keep asking about, actually, whether Trossard would play in the midfield. And again, I point to what Clive said on yesterday's show. Trossard's kind of got the, with his age, he's probably going to work his way into midfield as he continues to grow and his position will change as he lacks that speed and electric acceleration that you have with more of your youthful years and maybe he'll start moving into a Santi Cazorla style role uh, in the midfield in the future we'll see Uh, but he's got the technical ability the two-footedness certainly to be able to do it he needs to refine some of his games to be as good as Santi Cazorla was and I'm not sure he'll ever be as good as Santi Cazorla was in terms of his passing but he will be maybe an offensive asset in that left eight role for the future but right now he works out on the left-hand side, has worked, and maybe could work as a false nine for us or as a second striker if we need to bring some added firepower on and we don't want to take off one of the front three. That might be the way forward. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the reason why I'm wrapping this one up is because we're going to bring you another show uh, this evening, of course, so you don't have to wait too long for that. That show is our lone roundup of all of our players that have been spending time away from the club. We'd like to follow in Balogun, Nuno Tavares, Nicola Pepe, Charlie Patino, Sambi Laconga. Um, we've got Austin Trusty, Brooke Norton Cuffey. Plenty of information will be coming to you this evening on all of our lone players. An exciting one considering how good following Balogun has indeed been doing. Uh, do go and check out our show from yesterday night with Clive Arsblog and Kev Campbell. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, not today, tomorrow, hopefully you'll be getting your eat, sleep, Arsenal repeat podcast. We didn't record it last night because of scheduling, uh, but hopefully we'll be recording it tonight to go out tomorrow. Uh, and then the the preview show will have to be, I think, probably on Friday. Lots of stuff to be excited about. Make sure you enjoy your Wednesday. Once you get through this, as I say, the week is nearly done and the weekend will be upon us very quickly indeed. Have a smashing day. Smash the like button. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.